tiny bubbles and make me happy make Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to I Don't Get It, the pop culture get off my lawn cast, featuring the open-minded musings of two mid-40s curmudgeons daringly staring down the impending prospect of their entertainment irrelevance. I am your co-host. I am Noah Tarno. I am the quiz master and uh, founder of The Big Quiz Thing, the trivia game show Spectacular. And joining me, my compatriot in Get Off My Lawn casting is... My name is Bill Scurry. I am the one-man gang behind American Caesar Enterprises. He's a gang, man. He's a gang. Don't fuck with him. He will, will mess cut you. you up on I the subway I will break train. all of you. The arms are broken. You. Don't you remember that scene in Warriors... There was the baseball gang, and then there was the gang. They all dressed like Bill Scurry. They were all wearing pocket squares and um, cravats, and they never wore sandals. They were hardcore, no, those guys. Closed-toe shoes and tweed um, blazers. That was their thing, yeah. Yeah. They looked like a, a, a blue-blood Drew Carey. Basically, that's what Bill looks like. If you if you haven't stalked to sunlight, you yeah. look like a you look like a not blue blood a waspy Drew Carey. A right? waspy Drew Carey. Interesting. I'm I'm far from Wouldn't a wasp, but I guess I'm I guess I'm looking the part. Though. I know, but I, that's what I, you got to own like. that. Right. Today's topic kind of kind of came to me spur of the moment. Uh, probably would have been a little more relevant a couple years ago, but why not? We're delving into the food and drink category of hot stuff the young people are into. As we do every week, we look at something that is is current, hot, and we try to make sense of it ourselves. And this is a thing, eh, it peaked a couple years ago, but still hot enough. We are looking at LaCroix sparkling water. LaCroix, and it is pronounced LaCroix. It is now pronounced LaCroix or LaCrosse or uh, LaCroix. None of those things, although it did originate in the town of uh, La Crosse, Wisconsin. But this is LaCroix sparkling water. LaCroix was founded way back in 1981 in the Midwest, as I said, in Wisconsin. Uh, and it was originally marketed to be an anti-Perrier. Uh, I guess they still make Perrier, but Perrier was marketed as a snobbish uh, sparkling water. Back in the days when bottled water wasn't as universal, and LaCroix was to kind of make it a little more, you know, average Midwestern or friendly. And this was a popular Midwestern product for many decades. I remember seeing it in some pretty bland cans uh, in the 90s in uh, when I went to college in Minnesota. But it wasn't until, geez, like about five years ago that the product really kind of had its breakout. Uh, I don't know what flipped in their minds, but they basically said, we're going to take this shit national. So they hired some very good marketing people. They employed a social media heavy strategy using the hashtag Live LaCroix. They rebranded. They made t-shirts that said LaCroix over boys. The product just burst out overnight. Um, it became the favorite of an entire cohort of TV writers in Hollywood. Uh, and they also just benefited from... Um, you know, apart from smart rebranding and smart social media strategy, they benefited from the decline of popularity in soda nationwide. They expanded their flavors. Uh, some of their more popular flavors include pumple mousse, not grapefruit, but pumple mousse, lemon, lime, cran raspberry, orange, coconut, passion fruit, peach pear, and then some weird things among them coffee exotica coconut cola and pure which is just no flavor and this year really seltzer has busted out even more this summer we, we should on this is a topic white claw uh, alcoholic seltzer 
was uh, one of the fads of the summer of 19. But then things kind of turned around a little uh, recently. This year, National Beverages stock, stock ticker symbol FIZZ, has sunk precipitously on the backs of a few trends. One, last year, uh, National Beverage had to deal with a lawsuit as the 80-year-old founder of uh, Lacrosse was, of Lacrosse, LaCroix, was accused of sexual harassment. Uh, they were also sued for supposedly false advertising, I believe, their claim that everything is all natural, all the flavorings. But it's still out there. I, I tasted like six flavors in the last few days. Uh, got some lemon here, berry, peach, pear, pamplemousse, lime. Uh, my, I think my favorite was tangerine. But Bill, what do you think of LaCroix sparkling water? The topic choice of LaCroix is brilliant. It's one of those things that's so Thank you. simple. I fuck this up all the time where I, I, I rack my brains. I look at Twitter. I, I, I look at people outside thinking I know that there's all this stuff is just bubbling under the surface, but I, I lose ah! it. I know, so to speak. But, but LaCroix is such a in-your-face, everywhere-all-the-time thing, and it's, it's almost so obvious. Like this, these are the kind, this is the kind of stuff that I miss because it's so, it's so ubiquitous. You know, I saw LaCroix, I think like you said, it, there was this weird switch got flipped about five years ago where all of a sudden it was all over the place. I went from not seeing it one day to hearing it all over the place. And here's the thing. It wasn't even so much seeing it in retail. It was seeing it in media. It was starting to be used in memes. It was being referred to on Facebook and Twitter, and it was showing up in TV shows. And so this was a weird thing to kind of pop up overnight. And I just assumed that it had won some kind of lottery where a specific subsection of people took this thing in, communicated it to each other as an idea, which is a meme, but I'm saying the actual soda itself picked up some steam because... People like the image of the other people drinking it, and so they themselves wanted to be part of that. It's a completely calorie-free, sodium-free, cholesterol-free, sugar-free thing. So it's it's a neutral, you know, it's it's a neutral sparkling water thing. I mean, there's really nothing to it. It's very lightly flavored. It has the garish silver can, right? It's almost like leopardy striped kind of things. It's, yeah. um, you know, uh, yeah, kind of an avant-garde design, um, a, a sort of swooshy. A pirate font, uh, that kind of thing. It became associated to me with a very specific type of Manhattanite. Um, and I, I hate to say this, but it, it was the official drink of the basic bitch. That's what I was seeing in New York. <laughs> and that's not, those aren't my words. That's, uh, that's the other people who say, who say yeah, things like exactly. that. Yeah, exactly. It's not your fault. It's you not, have plenty, I, of, you have tons of friends who are basic bitches, I right, I a Bill? lot of friends who are basic bitches. Yeah. Yeah, it showed up on, uh, what is it, High Maintenance, the web series, and that there was a guy in there who was a reclusive hoarder and he collected LaCroix cans, and that was kind of the whole point of the one episode that's a good use of your time yeah and then yeah tv writers i guess they're the ones that set into overdrive i'm trying to think i think i bought a can or a few cans a couple of years ago and drank it and i thought okay it's fucking sparkling water and then i noticed huge like pyramids of the stuff being stacked at the grocery stores here and then you'd see the kind of person the sort of douchey bro you know, uh, with his polo shirt carrying the six pack or so, or the twelve pack out through checkout. I'm thinking that's who's that's who's drinking this kind of thing. So I didn't, you know, I'd look back at it again for the purpose of this. Of this, I went downstairs to the, to the grocery uh, proximal to our residence here, and I bought a couple of cans. What did I buy? I bought coconut, berry, <laughs> and oh, key lime. And I maybe I didn't remember. Is it key lesson. lime or just lime? I think it it's just key, lime. Says key lime. Says key lime. The ones here really? were key lime for sure. Yeah, key lime is the better lime, my friend. I think you wanna you, you wanna get so? get along with the program here. It was so mildly, barely flavored. It left no impression. And I, for some mm. reason, maybe I've just been drinking heavier flavored 
waters or sparkling waters over the last few years when I've been out getting a sandwich or something like that. But this was so innocuous as to be, I don't know, like nothing. I have no idea what the sensation's about. It's fine. It's okay. But I mean, why is it a fucking $70 billion business? This is the kind of thing that like capitalism and all this stuff gets away from me. Just wondering how you could drive that much money on something so innocuous. It's just, it's just fucking water with tiny bubbles for Christ's sake. <laughs> tiny bubbles in the LaCroix. I like it. I've been trying to wean myself off of soda the last few years, as I think a lot of people have. Yeah, you know, seltzer as a kid, I'm like, a seltzer's boring, but yeah. I've been getting more into it. My, um, Yeah, I mean, I hear you. Like, you want the flavor to be a little stronger than it is, but it's still pleasant. Like, yeah, okay. Uh, it, it, I don't find it as refreshing the way a Coke is, because that's got... The, it hits you with a flavor, and when you really want it and you're really thirsty, that scratches an itch. But this stuff, I feel, is like like the scotch of seltzers in that <laughs> it's more for, like, sipping and not just drinking. Like, if the glass is there while I'm having a sandwich, I'll, I'll take a sip every now and then, right? Like, also, buying all these flavors at once and trying them in one sit-down, they all started tasting the same to me. Yeah. Although yeah, some are yeah. quite good. Like I said, I like tangerine, tangerine, peach pear was good. Passion fruit was a little uh, fruity, a uh, little air freshenery for my tastes. Right. Uh, berry was good. I, I had the when I had this idea the other night. I was at a barbecue place in uh, Oakland, and I got a vegan sloppy Joe and a can of berry. And I looked at and I'm like, this stuff's pretty good, man. So I think this is good stuff, you know. And I think it's if it's weaning people off soda, which as much as I enjoy soda, I realize is the closest thing I have to heroin. Um, <laughs> In that it's not good for me, but I can't stop. Yeah, a lot of it is, you know, the marketing, and it just attracted the right people. It won the viral lottery, as we often say, but good on them. I mean, they were smart about it. You know, they they knew who to hit. They knew how to hit them. They knew how to rebrand. I mean, they play off the LaCroix. It sounds French, even though it's not French. You know, Pamplemousse. They steered into a lifestyle thing. Like, they had a definite— Totally. Which totally. Is, it's so weird to design something like that to say. Obviously, everybody wants their product to be a smash hit, and there are a billion right. different. They ways want to- people. The whole thing now, marketing last ten years, is you got to get your people not just to use it, but to evangelize for it. Yeah, right. right. You, you, you telling want, me it's you something is good is going to get me to, to use to it. Be your advocates, right? It's not enough that they buy a ticket. They have to sell it to their friends. That's a problem I've always had. It's just strange that they almost dis- willed this thing into existence as as what it became. I, I think that you can't have picked a better class of person. If you're looking to make your soda look like it's a lifestyle choice, like if it's part of an espadrille summer vacation, wearing a loose flowy scarf and a LaCroix in your hand, they designed it perfectly because that's exactly the type of person they want evangelizing it. So they picked it right and they called the shot. It's sort of amazing that you could just make a fucking beverage into that. But we've learned that in the show. I mean, there's some ridiculous shit that people like you know, all but get tattoos of on their foreheads. You convince people that this is your identity. And we're in such a, everyone has to be their own brand. So you're latching onto other brands to kind of make that easier. And if I'm a LaCroix person, it says something about you. I guess it's kind of sad. But on the other hand, this feels kind of, innocent in that regard i'd rather they dedicate themselves to this than some of the shitty pop singers we talked about 
or some of the completely worthless podcasts we reviewed or stuff like that. The idea that um, this is part of a lifestyle rather than just a thing that you might choose in a um, out of a, out of a, a, a lay down cooler, for instance, at the checkout. It's bigger than that. And I don't interact with beverages in such a way that kind of like other than whiskey, I will say other than whiskey, which is definitely part of my identity, I think. But just things that I drink, I just drink them. I don't think that when this is in my hand or it's in front of me, I'm completing the picture of what I want to look like. You know, some sort of young urban professional, I guess a yuppie, if you're gonna if you're gonna call it that way. And so oh, that's uh, a clever term. You, we should start using that. Um, are you thirsty? Do you want water? Uh, yeah, that'd be great. Someone tells me you're gonna offer me a Lacroix. <laughs> yep. Um, do you mind drinking a coconut one though, because I need white. Uh, no. Does it taste good? Yeah. Noah, can you tell me why this fizzy lifting drink is uh, popular right now? (laughs) We had to disinfect that ceiling. Um, (laughs) Well, as we hinted before, you know, soda has been somewhat villainized in the last few years. People are definitely veering away from that, and they want an alternative. And certainly, from my point of view, and I believe a lot of other people, this is a step down, right, instead of just water. So, yeah, it's a way to wean yourself off soda. People can't give up that kind of soda experience entirely. They kind of want to for health and hipness reasons. I think a lot of the demonizing of soda has somewhat rebranded it as a kid's drink or a gauche person's drink, that kind of thing, right? LaCroix very wisely took advantage of that. The wide variety of flavors has, you know, makes it very appealing in a soda type way, right? National beverages used to, or maybe still does sell Shasta. And one of Shasta's gimmicks always was they had like 70 flavors, like they had the most insane flavors in the world. So it's almost fun to choose different flavors or to hunt down wacky different flavors. Uh, the LaCroix and Pamplemousse, the branding kind of gives it this cachet. And then the smart marketing that, as we said, made it the lifestyle brand, made it the hipster thing, made it you know a favorite among TV writers. If you have to have a brand, if you have to have an identity, they have made it that a LaCroix identity is a desirable one. The flip side of that, as we hinted, is if you're the hip thing, hardly anyone's the hip thing forever. And you can lose that dominance very quickly. And it sounds like in the last year they have because other brands have jumped on the train and maybe marketed more smartly. Uh, Also, sorry, one thing I forgot is um, I want to draw a comparison to another topic we talked about before, which was acai bowls, Mm -hmm. which really were like dessert, but marketed themselves as healthy and organic and superfood. Yeah. And that's part of LaCroix's gimmick is everything's natural and it's good for you. And whether or not that's true, it's it's very it's very enticing to believe that. So basically, hey, you could still enjoy soda to a point, but now you could do it in an organic and healthy and and soul-affirming way. And while I think LaCroix is probably a lot better for you than an acai bowl, it plays on some of the same desires. I think that's all pretty much uh, pertinent. It's exactly what I would have said, too. And it's amazing that there's this thing that comes out of a state like um, Wisconsin, which is a place that I we, we now, I think, rightly think of as backwards and retrograde in a lot of, in a lot of oh, ways. Oh, come on. But the weird thing is, is that it starts off in the small town with a local bottler makes this thing, and they have this modest goal of being an unperrier. The picture that anyone has in their head, if they've been paying attention, is a Los Angelino uh, on Melody. Rose Place or someone in Brooklyn walking down Bedford Street with a LaCroix in their hand. Like that is such a successful turnaround. So I, yeah, I would just reaffirm what you said about the reason why it's popular. This is, I mean, this is certainly not all it is, but this is the, the thing that I see staring me in the face living in a city 
is that it communicates a lifestyle choice where it completes the picture of one of those two places. Now, if you're from uh, Delaware, if you're from Central Florida, if you're from some place that's far away from culture, perhaps, you might, in fact, want to get a little hit of something fast and something really yuppie-looking by having this soda in your hand. You know, shit like that always bothered me because it's like, Jesus, man, it's just a beverage, you know? People taking this stuff too seriously. Yeah. I, I totally yeah, I it's totally not agree. a beverage it's a way of life fuck you it's so mmm <laughs> LaCroix fizzy cold refreshing and incredibly addicting it starts with just one can a day and then before you know it this happens you're not alone either sales of LaCroix have more than tripled in the past few years Bill, would you have had any more regard for LaCroix if uh, the LaCroix mania happened when you were a kid? No, I don't think so, because there's only one analog I can remember. And I'll take you back to, uh, I guess it was 1985, 1986. In the old days, Noah Tarno, of Jolt Cola, which was... uh, (laughs) Yeah, totally. They still make Jolt. They still do. Yeah, yeah, sure. It was ahead of its time. Yeah. Uh, and I remember I actually never, as popular as Jolt was and some of the more, um, some of the kids in the neighborhood that looked like they were raised by wolves, um, you know, their <laughs> parents weren't really on the stick as much as my mom was. But um, they talked about Jolt Cola like it was it was a proto-LaCroix. It was a lifestyle thing. And obviously there was this idea that kids loved the, uh, the, the, the hit of caffeine, I guess, or at least they told themselves, right. oh, this the, is the, like... The, the can said all the sugar and twice the caffeine. Yeah. So they were yeah. going for that like heart attack grill marketing scheme, which is we're going to brag about how bad we are for you. Yes. Yeah, that's, so, a, that's, I mean, a, that's a niche scheme. It doesn't work on a wide level, but it, you could get a niche market with that scheme. That sure. makes an 11-year-old apparently very very happy. Yeah. Now the thing is, awesome. uh, yeah, for totally. all for all of the penetration that uh, Jolt had in the local ten year old market in my in my neighborhood back on <laughs> in Long Island, I never actually had any. I never had one. I never got a hold of one. I didn't buy my own soda. I didn't really have money per se, other than my allowance, which I used to buy GI Joes and stuff like that. There was this little bit of a cult sensation, and I think I got a little put off by, by in fact by who was drinking it. I'm like, oh, that's who's drinking it. Are these freaking feral kids in the neighborhood? I'm like, I, I, I'm. I don't want anything to do with that. I'm going to back out of that. But let's say I'm in my 20s or something like that, and there's just no way a simple can of beverage is going to somehow win me over. I don't have any brand loyalty, for the most part, to any beverage. Again, other than unless it comes out of Scotland. Unless it begins with the letters (laughs) G-L-E-N. It's all just like, I'll take whatever you got in front of me, whatever's in the, the upright can, whatever's in a can. So I, w- I will give them credit for putting this beverage in a, in a can. At least it's aluminum and, and, and recyclable. No, I think I would have just been as apathetic uh, then as I am now about it. It seems fairly simple to me. I would have loved it, and this is why. My parents are wonderful people, but among the questionable parenting decisions they made was every night for dinner, we would have a big, fat, bottle two liter of soda on the table we would drink soda with dinner every fucking night isn't that disgusting no it kind of sounds we didn't have soda every night but we had plenty of soda in the household growing up when right. we were kids yeah. that fucking gross now i feel like the if my parents were you know if they had young children now with what they know they would have realized that that's not a good idea but instead we probably would have taken the half step down to Lacroix. so yep. i imagine nowadays we'd have cans of Lacroix everywhere 
So yeah. I think as a little kid, instead of getting indoctrinated into Coke and Sprite and ginger ale and freaking, you know, Welch's grape soda or whatever the hell, I would get indoctrinated into LaCroix. So I imagine myself. I also remember, by the way, I also remember, yeah, like sixth or seventh grade when Slice came out. Remember Slice? Sure. Slice, I think, was made by Dr. Pepper. And Slice was their effort to, the original Slice was, was like a 7-Up or Sprite, but then they quickly introduced like all these wacky flavors like Apple Slice and Pineapple Slice and all this stuff. And simultaneously, Orange Crush was having a comeback, and they were having flavors, Grape Crush and Strawberry Crush. So I remember, and this was like middle school, the first time walking home from school, I could stop at the supermarket. I was like collecting the different flavors. Like I want to try every kind of crush and every kind of slice. And I imagine myself, the kind of nerd I was, if it was around now, I'd be collecting flavors of LaCroix. Oh, I heard this place has, you know, coconut berry or whatever the hell. So I would make sure to try them all. I would rank them all. I would be that kind of nerd. So I imagine I would be a big time LaCroix guy. And because I was a fucking, you know, empty headed poser, I would probably like glom onto the LaCroix hipster quotient. So I think I'd be fucking crazy about this stuff if I were a kid now. Especially when the the Frenchness and all that, I, I imagine someone might go, oh, it's a little girly or a little gay. But nowadays, there's so much less stigma around that, especially among the kind of kid I was, you know, theater geek. Cran raspberry is two flavors in one can. Oh, he must be the man. Oh, he must be Peter Pan. Green, just like that lime can. I know it's only carbonated water. Sometimes I wish I was Beyonce's daughter. I know it's only carbonated water. Sometimes I wish I was Beyonce's daughter. Noah, is LaCroix a sign of the apocalypse one can at a time? No, because we got to get off shitty food. You know, we talked about this a little with Impossible Burger. If we have any hope of surviving as a species, we got to get away from poison everywhere. This is maybe a half step but a step in the right direction. And, you know, fine, if LaCroix is falling in sales, you could argue it, it lit the spark of, you know, widespread, you know, the, the seltzer boom, right? So we can conflate LaCroix as a topic with seltzer as a topic, flavored seltzer, hipster seltzer. So, no, this is this is a, a I, admittedly very weak, but a blow toward uh, writing things. So, no, there's, there's no apocalypse here. Hmm, I don't know. Am I missing something? You no, no, is. not at all. No, it's it's a, a thinly flavored, bland, fizzy water. It's not a sign of the apocalypse. Unless you're going to sort of, the, the, the wildfire um, kind of spread of the thing, you know, the fact that, that in society you can turn a beverage through marketing and through, you know, however you sell these things. That It's not the soda itself, but the idea that you can communicate an idea so so um, virulently is kind of amazing. That's not a, not a sign of the apocalypse, but the soda, like, wrapped itself around so many people in high places and made itself such an influencer, um, you know, delight, a sort of Epicurean influencer thing. Maybe that's a sign of the apocalypse, but I, I, I can't get upset about that either. That's, I'm, See, I'm, just, here, I'm, I'm trying here. I'm trying too hard. Here's what I disagree with you. Two things. One, it's not soda. That's the point. And two, the idea that you could take anything and make it popular is scary, but I actually think this is a step above anything. There, actual, there actually is value here. This thing actually delivers what it promises, mm -hmm. and what it delivers is something people actually enjoy. They don't just tell themselves they enjoy it because it's the cool thing to do. I, I think it's a lot better than, than Jimmy Fallon or the McElroy brothers or some of the shit we've looked at that we just think is worthless, that has yeah. no value. It, it actually has value, you know, a, a limited value, but it has some value, right? 
this is the way marketing should be in some respects. Something that actually serves a need of mine, I become aware of it and I become a consumer of it, right? Yeah. Yeah, the that's problem you're hinting at, which I don't think applies here, is when something that serves no purpose and doesn't satisfy a need of mine, I treat it as if it does. And even worse, I treat it as more than satisfying a need. It, you know, it completes me. So, yeah, I guess there's only a point here in that if you think fucking sparkling water that smells like potpourri completes an existential need in your life... <laughs> You got fucking problems, and if thousands and thousands of people think that, we got fucking problems. But I don't see it as that grim, especially if, you know, here we are two years after, three years after it, it popped, it's, like, already dying. So clearly it's a transient thing. They can hold something up. Do you have something you can hold up? Yeah. Anything. Okay. Anything. Okay. There we go. Right there. Give me a shot. Right. Yeah. we have some silence, please? It is it a cylinder? Wow, yes, yes it is a cylinder. It's amazing. Is it shiny? Yes, it is shiny. I'm almost too exhausted. No, you have to continue. You must continue, Timothy Chalamet, puppet. Is it a beverage? Yes, yes it is a beverage. I think it is a kind of la croix. Wow! <laughs> is there anything about the success of the LaCroix brand, the LaCrosse brand, the LaCroix brand that engenders a feeling of jealousy in your mind. No, I'm not made of stone. I'm human like anybody else. And so I... Of flesh and blood, you are made. Yes. I, I look upon the, the, the lifestyle image of, the, again, that douchey bro in a polo shirt somewhere on Bedford uh, Street in, uh, in, in, in Brooklyn or in Silver Lake in Los Angeles. Part of me wants to be in that club. Now, this has nothing to do with the soda. This is my own sense of like wanting to be a member of something that's cool, wanting to have this, this cachet. So the, the envy might, in fact, be uh, the lifestyle thing. As much as I don't want to join up, I don't want to be seen as that person, there is that strength in numbers thing where it's like, well, if I was a LaCroix drinker and if I looked the part of a LaCroix drinker, you know, maybe my life would have turned out different. No, maybe I, maybe I would have been a different guy. Maybe I would have been more settled yeah. and thought out. I'd have to go through therapy for all these years. Yeah, I know. Uh, you know? solved all your problems. You wouldn't be fleeing the United States if you had been a LaCroix drinker. Right. Everything would I would I would have had, you know, a better relationship with my parents. I, I, would, I would know my friends more solidly. People would know me. I'd be more transparent. You wouldn't uh, wake up in, in a, a, a cold sweat crying your eyes out every morning precisely yeah. at 4.32 a.m. <laughs> yeah. Right. The sound of my own screams would not wake me up every single morning. Uh, <laughs> it would be different if, if I had just gotten on these, these, these silver cans with their garish, uh, their garish labeling and trade dress if I just found it earlier. I don't think it's any kind of serious envy, though. I don't think I've really revolved, uh, revealed too much about myself uh, in this case, Noah. I don't have any envy. I have some reverse envy. Well, okay, here's the envy. The envy I have is I kind of wish this had been around when I was a kid because then I wouldn't have such a bad case of soda tongue. You know, I'd be eating a little more healthfully and wouldn't be such a slave to my childlike desires. Here's the reverse envy. Reading about how they, they now face a downfall just makes me like, whew, that my business isn't staring down the barrel of that and the fear that it could happen any day now. But of course, I haven't reached the heights of LaCroix. 
Jimmy Fallon never talked about me. Reverse envy is that is that accurate? Would you call it that? Renvy? I don't even know. We don't have Renvy there, but for the grace of God go I. So yeah, so no so no real envy there. Right. That leads us to really our final question. You want to ask me, my friend? Yeah. Speaking of Jimmy Fallon. Uh, speaking you, of Jimmy Fallon. Since you named the devil, we shall then uh, incarnate <laughs> him. Where on the Jimmy Fallon, the Fallonian scale uh, of topics on this this very podcast that we're doing at the moment right now? Jimmy Fallon being the nadir and something like Key and Peele being at the, the high end of the spectrum, the Olympian Heights, where does LaCroix sparkling beverage water thing fall in that spectrum? Pretty high up. Maybe I'm I'm being too kind on its like lifestyle marketing cheesiness, but like it serves a need and it serves it ably in my mind, and I'm glad it's around. So I'm gonna put it like you know in the top ten percentile, perhaps. Uh, I I for some reason I kept thinking of slime. Now when we sat in my kitchen making <laughs> slime together. Two, yeah, three years ago. When it, that is that not was. a euphemism. Yeah. It's not, no, it's not a euphemism. That is a very, it's an actual, uh, not a metaphor, not a euphemism. It actually happened. I just think of something that's like, here's this thing that people really like. It had more, like slime became a, and still is, it's very popular. But it's kind of like a lifestyle choice where people make a big deal out of making it and customizing it. Come on. It, no, they're kids that make slime. Yeah. It's not a lifestyle choice. No, but the kids Kids are, don't choose that. It's a club that kids enter in and they want to, they want to, you know, they want wanted to use the slime to communicate with each other and the slime to express themselves. And I think that uh, looking at the pamplemousse, looking at the tangerine, looking at the coconut, there's something similar out here where it's like you pick the flavor of LaCroix that's your flavor, you know. I think, if I'm not mistaken, at one point it was harder to find some flavors in the store than others. So it was yes. thought of that if you could find the 12-pack of coconut, that was always like, sh- that was like short-chipped to the store. You made out like a bandit. You found something that was a little bit of a commodity. So each, each these flavors in particular had some cachet beyond just being LaCroix because there was a, a scarcity to some of them. I don't think that's the case anymore. So I don't know. Like I said, it, it, slime, the picture of slime is coming into my head. And so that's that's kind of where I'm getting it, which is, I'd say, I, somewhere, I, somewhere I, in the middle, you know? I think you're way off. I don't see the slime connection at all. It's just, I'm just a hunch. I'm just going keep, with it. Keep at it, my friend. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> So, so the the Fallon connection. Do you want to bring it up, or do I want to bring it up? We're just no, it's just an excuse to complain and rage. No, heads, please, right? by all means, take it. You sent the clip to me. So, you, if you go to the Lacroix website, you find uh, hey Lacroix on the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, and a very typical Fallon bit where he brings out a puppet that looks like the actor Timothy Chalamet. You know, everything yeah. for him is just a lazy uh, celebrity reference. And it's a shitty looking puppet, and he puts a blindfold on the puppet, and the puppet's able to identify a pomplemousse can of. Uh, LaCroix and the puppets banter has nothing clever to it and of course it's TV so they take the camera off of Fallon's face when the puppet talks but there are moments you can see and of course Fallon isn't a ventriloquist he can't so even his puppet shows are lazy right like this guy has got no skill it's ridiculous it was also not funny. I have no idea what the point yeah, of it was, other than, like you said, just a lazy silly. It was. It was two things. It was a Timothy Chalamet reference, and it was a Lacroix a Lacroix dig. And so, yeah, exactly. It's just it's just signaling. It's all horseshit. And it won. I mean, it won because they got on their website. Lacroix was happy to be yeah. there. And yeah. Um, yeah, it's just more bullshit association. Hook, hooking your uh, hitching your star to a shitty wagon, or your wagon to a shitty star, I should say. All right, so uh, take us home, my friend. That's it for Lacroix. Although I'm going to finish this can of Pomplemousse. This talk about ventriloquism. As I sing the national anthem, Noah's going to drink this can of Pamplemousse.
like Edgar, like Edgar Bergen and uh, yeah yes exactly so uh, let's see if you would like to find past episodes of our show look on Apple Podcasts <sighs> look at that he's refreshed SoundCloud Google Play and Stitcher tweet to us at Noah and Bill Show write to us Noah and Bill don't get it at gmail.com give us a review I am personally on Twitter at William Scurry, and I'm on YouTube. I just released the 10th of 10 video essays in my American Caesar Salad series, and that's on YouTube at youtube.com slash amcaesar. Uh, I'm all about the big quiz thing, bigquizthing.com, America's premier providers of corporate and private trivia events nationwide. And uh, coming in the fall, I think I mentioned this before, we're uh, doing uh, some public events this fall uh, for the first time in a long time. We have a series at QED in Astoria, Queens, New York, a fantastic venue, a theme series starting October 2nd. Uh, we'll be doing a DC versus Marvel edition trivia game show, followed by the end of October the 29th, Halloween, November 17th, Disney uh, to celebrate Frozen 2's coming out, and of course, December 17th, 15th, God, go to bigquisting.com and get the exact dates. We're doing a quiz in honor of some movie called Star something, Star Fight, Star Battle, something yeah, like Star that. Tracks. Um, yeah, Star Tracks, right. And then uh, here in San Francisco, the newly reopened Salesforce Park, the lovely outdoor amphitheater, will be doing free trivia events one Wednesday a month starting October 16th. Those will be hosted by yours truly, or at least most of them will. Uh, but details on that are will be put up uh, in the next couple of weeks. BigQuizThing.com, sign our mailing list, et cetera, et cetera. Thank you. Uh, and programming note, remember, we had teased this. Uh, we are going into the great darkness uh, uh, in the next few weeks uh, because I'm relocating yes. across the Atlantic yes. Ocean. So we are taking— He is a- giving up on the American dream. I am. I'm becoming one of the socialist hordes of uh, Western Europe. So um, we are at least taking one week off, if not two. Um, but we will be back. And uh, again, keep your wherever your podcasts uh, come in. Look for us on Monday morning at some point, probably in, one or in, in a week or two. And we will, re- we will begin with a whole new energy and a whole new aegis, a whole new auspice. And we're looking forward to sharing that with you. Okay, so um, until Fago Soda rebrands itself as a lifestyle choice away from uh, juggalos to yuppies, we don't get it. A production of American Caesar Enterprises 2019.